again, I'd like to say good evening. Um, I'll tell you, I had a message on my heart. Um, it's been one I've been looking at for a while now, and, and I'll tell you, it's at uh, Psalms 121, um, and it's talking about God's blessings. And uh, I'll be honest with you, riding over here and, and thinking through everything this evening, praying through it as, as my wife was driving. I mean, yes, I was praying for her driving, but I was also praying for the message this evening. Uh, no, uh, but the Lord led me a little bit different path. I, I talked last week about uh, that straight gate, that narrow path, and, and entering into that straight gate. And uh, we're sort of going to stay on that same topic this evening, but we're going to change it up a little bit. Um, we're going to look at it in a different way, and we're going to look at it more in a blessing this evening. Because um, I, I, I truly believe that the Lord wants to bless us tonight. Um, have you ever, and I'm, and I'm going to ask you something, I'm, have you ever been blessed and then all of a sudden you start getting this little poke or this little prod in the side and, and you know it's Satan trying to enter in and steal that joy from the blessing? Um, you know, I, 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 can, I can tell you firsthand, and um, I've shared with my wife, uh, I have probably the absolute greatest job in the world. Um, the job I actually get paid for, I am a special education educational assistant, which means I get to work with some of the greatest kids in this world. I mean, they are just absolutely a blessing to my heart. We have this one young lady that, that I mean, she's non-vocal, or non-verbal is the politically correct term, she cannot fend for herself. She's in a wheelchair. She can't move. But I can tell you what, when she, when she gets around me and she starts smiling from ear to ear, and she starts grunting, and I say grunting not as an insult, but just sounds that she makes. You can see the joy in her heart. And you look at this young lady who, if it was one of us, we would be poor, pitiful me. And you look at this young lady, and she's just so full of joy. She's just so excited. Man, I'll tell you what, my heart just, it just overflows every day I get to be around this young lady. And it's not just her. I, I work in a room that we have six students. And all six of them are special in their own little way. Man, I'll tell you what, it's a great thing for us. It's a blessing for me. And I, and, and I say that to say this. Satan loves to come in and poke and prod. And he tries everything in his power to steal that joy away from me. That joy of enjoying my job. That joy of seeing the joy in these young students who, who well, they're just enjoying life. And Satan sits there and he, he, he instills different things. It may be a harsh word from a coworker. It may be something being twisted and, and got us out of line with our normal daily routine, which if you've ever worked around special needs children, they are very structure oriented. And if you get one little thing out of whack, it can be very devastating to everybody. So Satan uses little things like that to try to come in and steal our joy. I say all that to say this. Turn in your Bible to John chapter 10. I told you, we're going to look at a blessing this evening. We're going to go to John chapter 10. And as you're turning there, I just want to tell you I love the Lord. Man, there are such promises 
found in this chapter right here. Not, not that there's not anywhere else in the Bible, but in this one particular chapter, there are such great promises in here. But we're going to start in verse 7, and, and I'm going to do a little bit of reading, and it's going to be kind of lengthy, and you know, I'll tell you up front, I'm not the greatest reader in the world. I'll stumble, I'll mess up. Glory to God, I'm going to read it. Starting in verse 7. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that enter came before me are thieves. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief, that old wicked devil, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd here, the good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. But he that is in hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catch, catches them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is a hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so knoweth I the even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it up, take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I come before you tonight, Lord. And Father, I thank you. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that this evening, Lord, your word will be proclaimed here, Lord. And I know that, that Lord, if we're looking into your word, and we're preaching and, and proclaiming what's found in this letter, Lord. I, I know that it will return. It will return to you hitting its mark. Father, you tell us in your word that it will not return void. And Father, tonight I just pray that you will touch our hearts. I pray that, Lord, we will find a blessing that you'd have for us here this evening. Bless this time now. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So. I told you last week, we, we talked about the, uh, the straight gate, and we talked about how there's only one way to heaven, I told you, and I like to keep repeating this, and, and I, I firmly believe that we learn by repetition. If you, if you ever want to memorize scripture, and I'll tell you this firsthand, if you ever want to memorize scripture, say it seven times, seven times a day, seven days a week. And then, at the same time, write it down seven times for seven days a week. You will memorize that scripture by the end of that week. It's just something about that repetition. The more we hear something, the more we understand it. I told you last week, John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All right, so we know that he's the way. We talked about the straight gate last week, how Jesus is that way. 
There is no other way, Acts 4.12 says, there's no other name under heaven whereby man must be saved or can be saved. So tonight we're talking about Jesus being that shepherd. Jesus is the one that, that cares for us. Jesus is the one that loves us. He says that he's the shepherd. Now, I don't know if you know much about shepherds, but here's the thing about a shepherd. A shepherd goes out and he prepares the field for his flock. <laughs> he goes out and he makes sure there's no nasty weeds. All that junk that the sheep don't need to eat and be around, he removes it. Those rocks, those little stumbling stones that we always stumble on, he removes those. So when his, when his sheep enters into a pasture, he's cleared it out. It's smooth. It's nice. It, it's, it's there. Jesus says that he is that great shepherd. He says that he's the door, the only door that his sheep can enter in. And that's saying back to that straight gate. He is the only way. John 14, 6. I'm the way. Okay, so we know that and we got that. But here's something else that I found very interesting. I brought it up a little bit last week. But, you know, Jesus, as our shepherd, he endured the cross. But here's the thing about it. If you look and you don't have to right now, just look it up later. Do this research because I told you last week, this is something that jumped out at me. I've been studying God's holy word for 20 plus years. And this jumped out at me the other week. I've never, ever, ever, ever seen it before in my life. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Despite the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. It brought Jesus joy. It brought him joy to go to that cross for you, for me, for us. I mean, he knew what he was getting into. He knew what the cross entailed. He knew the shame of the cross. The night before he took the cross, they spit on him. They slapped him. They mocked him. That was the night before. At any point, he could have said, I've had enough. Father, I don't want to do this. Matter of fact, in his prayer, he said, if it's thy will, let this cup pass, by, pass away from me. I know I'm paraphrasing that a little bit. But he endured that cross. It brought him joy. He knew the shame. He knew the pain. He knew the agony. But it brought him joy. A good shepherd will always place his sheep before himself. As you noticed or as you've read in times past, you know, when the Bible says that there was 99 sheep, there was 100 sheep, 99 was there, but one walked away. He left that 99 and went after that one. No matter what happened. You heard right here in this passage about the hireling, about the shepherd, and how that the shepherd takes care of his flock. He protects them. He will fight whatever. But when this hireling, that person that's not the shepherd, that person that... You know, and, I, and I'm going to say it like this out loud, and I know the Lord wants His Word out. But there are churches out here today that have men claiming to be pastors. There are men that claim to be where they're at, and I'm not, I, I don't want to get into a great theological debate with you, but there are churches that have women that are claiming to be pastors. That they're out there in this world right now, 
preaching God's holy word. They've never come to a true understanding of who God is, who Christ is. They've never come to that saving knowledge. And they're out there with this thing. And here's the thing. And I'm going to tell you firsthand. When the pressure comes on, when they start getting that little bit of opposition in the world out there, they're gone. They're just like the hiring. They're going to pack up and they're going to leave because they can't handle it. Why? Because they don't know the shepherd. They don't know the father. And that's why they pack up and leave. But that's not where we're going to stay right here tonight. We're going to go on down. And, and this is where I wanted to stay at. 17. Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. You know, the Bible tells us in John, actually, that there is no greater love than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. You know, Jesus laid it down. It wasn't taken from him. Yes, man had a hand in beating. Man had a hand in, and I'm going to say, destroying the body of Jesus Christ. Man did not have control. Christ had control all through that. As I said a while ago, at any given time, he could have called down the Matthew, Matthew 4 account, Satan talking to Jesus. He said, cast thyself off this high pinnacle. Because you know that at any given moment, you can call a legion of angels and they're going to pick you up before you even stump your toe. That's how much power Christ had, but instead, he endured that cross. It brought him joy. He laid his life down for you, for me, for us. <clears throat> and I tell you, <laughs> I am so unworthy. I know I personally would not have laid down my life for myself. All the things that I've done in my life, and I'm not glorifying them, please, by no means. Don't ever think that. Because I know who I was, and I'll be honest with you, the man I used to be before I came to know Christ, I was ashamed of. But I'll tell you today, right now, at this very moment, that man that I used to be is no longer. And you know what? That man that I used to be ashamed of, that I would hide, that I didn't want to be around people because I was ashamed of who I was and the things that I was doing. I'll tell you today... I rejoice. One, because Christ allowed me to live that life so that I can minister to somebody else who may have gone down that same path that I've gone down. I, I, I tell you, it's, it's no longer that I'm ashamed. I wish I had never done it, but at the same time, I rejoice because now, now I may be able to come over here to Grimace when he's struggling with something. And I can walk up and say, Brother, I've walked with you. Walked. Let me help you. Let me walk with you. Let us get down and pray. This is how I overcame it. This is things that, that we've been able to do through Christ. You know, we, we, we have that free choice. We have that free will. We can, <laughs> we can go as a Christian and reject everything that Christ is doing for us. We can put our Bibles down, not pick them up until Sunday morning. When you walk out here tonight, you can put your Bible down and not pick it up until Sunday morning. You come in here on Sunday morning, you open your Bible up. Whoever preaches the Word, you're going to hear, hear the Word. You're going to look at it. You say, okay, yep, that was a good Word. Throw your Bible back up in your real window, not touch it again. You know, I tell you right now, you're missing the blessing. The Father 
the good shepherd has prepared that field for you. It's right, right here. Everything you need to eat, there's no, there's no stones in this word. There's no weeds in this word. This is pure milk. This is pure meat. This is what we need to survive spiritually. This is our food to survive spiritually. He has prepared it for us. But it's up to us to choose to indulge in this nice, tasty meal. We can reject it or we can take it. But here's the thing about it. If you've ever truly accepted Christ as your Savior, and I said truly accept Him, I do as I talked about last week, and, and I, I'm a firm believer that you can be saved in your head but never in your heart. I live I know. I can only talk about me. I will only talk about me. I lived my life for about 10 years thinking I was saved because I knew, I knew the Word. I knew what the Word said. But I didn't have the relationship. I had a head knowledge, but not a heart knowledge. I didn't have the love of Christ in my heart. I had the knowledge of Christ in my head. But here's the thing. If you've ever been truly born again, blood ball, you know it deep in your heart. You know beyond a shadow of doubt that you are saved here this evening. We're going to jump over to verse 25. Jesus answered them. This is John 10, verse 25. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not, because you are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So here's the thing, if you're a child of God, You've got this thing living with inside of you. And I say a thing, and I, and I don't mean no disrespect. It's actually a person. It's a spirit. And it's living inside of you. We call it the Holy Spirit. The world calls it the conscience. We call it the Holy Spirit that lives with inside of us. This is Christ living inside of you that tells you when, what's right, what's not right, how to get right. Living inside of you. We know His voice. When we hear the Word, we should know it. When we read His Word, it should speak to us. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never... Listen to this blessing. <laughs> I love this. Man, I love this. This is a verse right here. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Here's the thing. I don't care what you're going through. Let me back up. I do care. You cannot, you cannot be stripped out of God's hand. You cannot be stripped out of Satan's hand or Christ's hand, sorry. Satan can pull, he can prod. Those blessings that I was talking about at my job, no matter how often Satan comes in there and he's trying to pull and he's trying to pull. And here's the thing, he is there to steal, kill, and destroy Okay? He can't kill me because I'm a child of God. But he can destroy my witness. 
all in how I react to him attacking me, trying to steal my joy. But here's the thing. I can never be pulled from Jesus' hand. You can never be pulled from Jesus' hand. You can be tempted. You can be tried. You can be pulled on. You can be smacked down. But the thing about it is, Jesus is always right there with you. We heard the message just the other day about the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. You know, <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar told him, said, I need you to bow down, or I want you to bow down when you hear trumpets, when you hear the sound. He said, bow down before this golden statue that he had made. And they said, I, tell, I don't care what you do. I don't care what you do. My God's greater than your statue. My God's going to protect me. And I know I'm paraphrasing this, and y'all just bear with me, because here's the thing, that all through that, God's hand was right there. God walked right there through the fire with them. <laughs> he protected them in the fire. Just like our good shepherd protects us. A picture and <laughs> think of a child. Um, I know like with my kids when they first started to walk, you'd be holding their hand and all of a sudden they start trying to dodge. What's the first thing a parent does? It grabs that hand a little bit tighter. Not to the point of breaking the hand, don't you? But they just grab it a little bit tighter and they hold on. The more the child pulls, the tighter you pull. The more they pull, the tighter you pull. Well, here's the thing. This is the same thing with God. The more Satan's over there pulling on you, trying to pull you out of it, Christ has you in the palm of his hand. Okay? I need you to understand this picture. Christ has you right here, and he's holding on to that hand. The more Satan's pulling against you, the more he's going to hold on to you. And God has Christ in you in his hand. You have a double hold right here. Let's, for sake of argument, just for a second, I know it's impossible, but let's say that Satan grabbed hold of your hand and he started pulling and he was able to just worm you out of Christ's hand. I know it's impossible. Please bear with me. Think about that second force come on off the top. Do you understand there's nothing that can be pulled out of my hand at this time? You could pull with everything you got. You're not going to pull it out of my hand. God's that much more powerful. When that hand is closed around you and it's holding you, nothing can pull you out. But here's the thing. You have the free will. You have the free will. You can say, I don't want it. And you can walk out of his hand. And I can tell you, that's a very, very bad place to be. When you're in the hand of God, you are protected. You are fed. You are nurtured. Think of that little child. When a parent has that child's hand, nothing can hurt that child. Nothing. I mean, they, you, you may come up and want to cause my child harm, but as long as I'm holding that child, you're not going to get close to it because I'm going to defend it. Think about what I just said. God, when Satan comes up, He's going to try to attack you. He's going to try. He's going, you know, we have a choice. And I, and I say this because of the simple fact that I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer, and I can show you in Scripture, that when Satan comes to attack you, if you open the door just the slightest little bit, he'll come on in. But if you stand firmly and hold that door closed, when he starts nudging on you, when he starts saying, hey, let's do this, let's do that, and you know that it's wrong, and you say, God, I need your help right now, 
You know, Satan's going to flee. At the name of Jesus, he's gone. When you start calling out and begging for help, it's there. When that wolf came, the hireling ran. But what did the shepherd do? He took up arms and he protected his sheep. That's what Jesus is here for us tonight for. When Satan starts coming at us, he's going to protect us. I don't know where you're at this evening. I know for me, and, I, and I'm a very visual kind of guy, and, and, and I have to use analogies in my life, but I can tell you that I've seen when the attacks have come, and to my shame, I've cracked the door. I've opened it up. And all he needs is a little step. It might be, and I'm going to say it, it might be a bad word that you hear, and you just let it go. It might be in a bad communication. You may be sitting with somebody and, and you know, I thank God I'm no longer doing plumbing and that construction type kind of work because I would be sitting there with other guys that would be telling jokes or stories that I don't need to hear, but I would be sitting there listening and they would be there telling it and I'd say, okay, man, that's kind of funny. You know, hey, I would let that come into my life instead of saying, God, I need you to close this door. I need you to shut it, protect me, as only the shepherd can protect the flock. This evening, I don't know where you're at. I mean, I don't know if you've ever accepted Christ as your Savior. I, I assume that, that you're here on a Wednesday night and that you've accepted Christ as your Savior. And I, I, I praise God if you have. But I would be amiss if I would just think that everybody sitting in this room right now has accepted Christ as their Savior. I don't know. That is something between you and God. Maybe you're here this evening, like I mentioned earlier, I had a head knowledge. I knew what the Word said. I thought I was saved. I had a cross on my car. I carried a Bible everywhere I went. I sang the right songs. I knew the right words to speak. But I never let it transfer from my head to my heart. Maybe that's you this evening. This evening, I want to give you an opportunity to make your life right with the Lord. There's nothing you can do other than believing in His name. Romans 10, 13 says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is an instantaneous, instantaneous action. When you call upon His name, you're saved. There's no option. You don't have to sign a card. You don't have to walk an aisle. You know, the altar's open. I mean, we're going to get a song together. The altar's open. If you would like to come up here and pray, I'll pray with you. But here's the thing. The Bible tells us that if you would like to be saved tonight, all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. All you have to do is believe in your heart. Believe in your heart that Jesus is who He says He is. Let us pray and then we'll sing a closing song. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come before you this evening, Lord, and I just want to thank you for your grace and your mercy, Father. I want to thank you for being that good shepherd, Lord. Father, I want to thank you for the blessing of knowing that no matter what I face in my day, no matter what we face in our day, Lord God, no matter what temptations or trials or anything else that comes upon us, Lord God, I know that, Lord, by Your Word, that as Your child, Father, as Your child, You're going to protect us. You're going to hold us in the palm of Your hand, Lord God, and there's no safer place to be than in that palm. But, Father, I, I know that there may be that one that needs to know you as their Savior, Lord God. 
They need to know that comfort and assurance that you are holding them in the palm of your hand, Father. Tonight, I pray that you will just touch their heart. I pray, Lord God, that you will just... just Father, I pray that they will be bold, come before you, call upon your name. Father, I thank you for this evening. Father, I pray I spoke your word the way you'd have me speak it, Lord. Father, I pray that we can all go away from this place tonight different than when we came in, Lord. That we can be reassured, we can be strengthened, we can be boldened, emboldened, Lord God. Knowing that we are your child, that you are our shepherd, and that, Lord God, we hear your voice in our hearts. That we walk with you and talk with you, Lord. Father, be with each and every heart here this evening. May your will be done. Father, if someone needs salvation, Father, I pray that it will happen to the Lord if they need to recommit, if they need to confess their sin, Lord, if they need to come to an understanding of who you are. Father, may your will be done. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.